Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 29 of season two. This week we are studying Acts chapters six through nine. Now the book of Acts is fully titled the Acts of the Apostles, and it's basically an account of the works of the apostles of Jesus Christ after his death and resurrection. And one of the accounts in this week's reading is our introduction to the man Saul. So we'll give you a little bit of background about him. If you were a believer in um, Jesus Christ during that time, then the mention of Saul's name was probably very frightening to you. He had made it his mission to basically be the heavy for Jewish leadership and would round up Christians for punishment. Uh, We first learn of Saul at the end of Acts chapter 7 at the stoning of the disciple Stephen. So Stephen had just delivered a blistering rebuke of those who had denied the divinity of Jesus Christ, and for his punishment, he was killed by stoning. Uh, He became the first Christian martyr after the death of Christ. And in the the very middle of Stephen having this glorious vision of the Father and the Son, uh, his detractors rushed to kill him, and we read in Acts chapter 7, starting in verse 57, Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. This is where we meet Saul, who apparently was kind enough to take care of the heavy coats of the men who were murdering an innocent man. Now, we don't know much about Saul at this point, except for a few descriptions but from those descriptions, it can be safely assumed that he was he appeared to be a pretty cruel and vengeful person. We read in Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 1, And Saul was consenting unto his, meaning Stephen's, death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial, and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing and hailing men and women committed them to prison. So basically, this would be the equivalent if there were kind of vigilantes today who would burst into the homes of Latter-day Saints and take them to jail for nothing more than having a belief in Jesus Christ. Uh, the question is, what would you think of such a person? Um, if they existed today, would such acts be forgivable? And as we continue with the story, we read of Saul's turning point where he is visited by God and commanded to repent. We can find this in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. So Saul is basically seeking permission from the Jewish leaders to kidnap any Christian he wants. And the scripture describes him as having an attitude of threatening and slaughter. He's a very dangerous person at this point. But then something happens that changes his course. And as we continue in Acts chapter 9, resuming in verse 3, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. 
And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So Jesus Christ himself reaches out to Saul, commanding him to repent. And as a result, Saul is stricken with blindness for three days. Um, and he is led to the city because he can't see. He has someone take him to the city. And when he gets there, separately, the Lord commands Ananias, who is a devoted disciple of Jesus, to go to Saul and to heal him. Now, you can imagine Ananias is no fool. He has heard about Saul. He knows what Saul does and his vicious treatment of Christians. So Ananias kind of doubts and, and wonders, is this the right thing to do? We read in Acts chapter 9, verse 13, um, after Ananias is commanded to go to Saul, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on his name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. I want to stop uh, the story of Saul here and just talk about this situation in general. So if you were Ananias, what would you have done? Clearly you knew about Saul's backstory and the cruelty that he had perpetrated on your friends and your colleagues in belief. Uh, could you have forgiven him? Um, perhaps you'd think, well, Saul is entitled to his blindness as punishment for his horrible deeds. Why, why, would I sh why should I go and relieve him of this burden? And we don't know how much um, Ananias uh, deliberated in his mind. We do know that he did go to Saul and he healed him of his blindness. And that was the beginning of Saul's Christian discipleship. Um, but as we reflect on this idea, I think it's important to talk about forgiveness, which is a key principle in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, many people misunderstand the principle of forgiveness because they believe that forgiving others does more to bless the person receiving forgiveness than it does the person providing the forgiveness. And this is just a, a huge misunderstanding. Uh, forgiving others blesses our lives way more than any other. Forgiving other, others helps us grow and improve. We are commanded in the scriptures to forgive. And that's not to um, let other people off the hook. If someone has done something wrong, they are liable for their own repentance and for any consequence that comes from that. And the Lord will deal with their with their ultimate forgiveness. But when we harbor hate or anger or other hurtful emotions, then we stunt our emotional growth. Now, learning to forgive others is a key element in improving our own mental health. I've seen this to be true in thousands of clients that I have worked with. Um, I, uh, there have been times when I have actually counseled my clients that they need to forgive those that have hurt them um, because they're looking for ways to move forward. I remember specifically a client who had been uh, severely wronged by someone, and but his lack of forgiveness of that person was impacting his ability to kind of continue on his um, pattern of, of emotional and, and mental health growth. So forgiveness is just a very, it, it's critical in not only in our spiritual lives, but in our emotional and mental health lives as well. 
President Russell M. Nelson has taught extensively about forgiveness um, and very recently uh, in a social media post stated the following, forgiveness is not just a one-time act, but a continuous process that requires patience, compassion, and understanding. It is not always easy to forgive those who have hurt you. You can receive strength from Jesus Christ. I invite you to remember the principle of 70 times 7 and extend forgiveness to someone who has wronged you. As you do, Jesus Christ will relieve you of anger, resentment, and pain. Um, his statement about anger, resentment, and pain. Now, I believe anger, resentment, and pain are major contributors to mental health issues. Um, if you want to feel better about yourself, about others, and experience more peace, then I invite you to incorporate more forgiveness into your life. Now, I always end my podcast episodes with an invitation to act, which I basically just did, but uh, here's some more specifics. And I invite you as well to please give prayerful consideration to how these invitations might impact your life, which ones might be good for you to do. So this week's invitation is to read, study, and ponder on President Nelson's invitation to forgive. And I'll put that uh, I'll put that quote in the worksheet. And if applicable, consider the following question: How has not forgiving others impacted your emotional and mental health? And if applicable, think of a situation where you harbor resentment or have withheld forgiveness. What can you do to move towards forgiving? I do have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement the weekly invitations. Like I said, this week's worksheet, this week's worksheet will have the, that quote from President Nelson. If you want to get those worksheets, just sign up for my email newsletter. You can find that link in the show notes. I also invite you to subscribe so you can easily access new episodes each week. And please share this podcast with others if you find it helpful. There are also written transcripts of the podcast, and you can find a link for that in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action, and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com.